This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around and think that happiest thought because we've got to fly away to Neverland again. And I, of course, will lead the way. I'm a head last boy, Jeremy, but you can call me the spider pan. And guess who's back? Who that? Who there? Who that? Oh, I think he's gotten lost at his new house. Hello? <laughs> oh, he's, oh, he's in there somewhere. Eric, Eric, can Hello? you hear us? I, I, I'm coming towards the light. Yes, come towards the pixie dust cloud. <laughs> ah, there it is. Feels like I've been gone for ages. Yeah, it's been like, I think two months. Just about, just about. Because my well, goodness, everything, everything's happened since then. Well, my goodness, because you've I, been moving. I have been moving, quite literally. Yeah, I did <laughs> pop in for our interview with uh, Stephen Silverman, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've uh, spent the last couple of months uh, getting ready to move out of our old home, move into a brand new home. Well, brand new to us home. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, I've also been doing quite a bit of traveling, heading to Dallas and uh, up to Denver and Salt Lake. And I'm back home now. So <laughs> howdy. Not for long, because you're thinking about leaving this weekend, too. Not for long. Yeah, we're uh, we're thinking about uh, heading back out of town. And, you know, we've been so focused on getting this move completed that uh, I'm afraid that our Disney trips have just suffered because of it, so <laughs> we're going to try and make our way out to the parks. That's, that's, that's more than I'm doing with going on Disney trips. <laughs> I haven't hasn't even been able to cross my mind for a while yet, but we'll, we'll, we're working on it, you know. Right oh, now good. I'm working part-time at a radio station and I need to get full-time. Well, you'll so, get there. I'm, I'm working at it. The interesting thing is, uh, okay, so I'm working actually for two different stations, well, three, if mm-hmm. you count the community radio that doesn't pay me anything because I still do a weekly show. But I have Eagle Communications uh, that they have a few stations in St. Joseph. And then I'm working every day with an Alpha Media station called Quick 100.1 Classic Rock. Uh, and I'm there every morning doing like news and obits and weather. Uh, but so when I started at Eagle and I mentioned that, oh, my gosh, and I got called to go and interview over at Alpha Media, uh, they said, oh, well, this girl over here, her father works over there. So, mm-hmm. and I think it was Doug, Doug Schmidt. 
I hope I'm getting his last name right. Now, the funny thing is, so this Doug Schmidt, who was like our marketing manager at Alpha Media, when I did that radio talent system things last summer, he was one of the people who came and spoke with us. Well, mm-hmm. Doug Schmidt has now left Alpha Media and Cameron to go work at Eagle Communications in St. Joseph. Ah. Which is funny because I, I didn't know where he was leaving to go to. So he asked me what I was doing over at Eagle. I, t- I told him I'm part time when somebody wants to take a day off or an evening off as a board operator. I fill in for them. So I'm still on over over at that station. And if somebody offers me some sort of a full time position, then I'm going to jump over to that one and become more specific. But right now I'm mainly over at Alpha Media doing my mornings and I'm starting to get recognized a little bit by some of the people that I go in and uh you hit the McDonald's sometimes to grab a breakfast or whatever, or the gas stations. They know who I am, and they they've learned the habit of asking me about the weather, and I will instantly switch into my weatherman voice. But That's here's hard. here's here's a weird question that this 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 is the the random thoughts that come to me in the day. Mm-hmm. The, well, this is basically because all right. So after watching the Dark Phoenix film, which I did enjoy, I went and I watched the Dark Phoenix saga from the '90s animated series because. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right now, it is still available on the Disney Movie Club, but they're selling out of these things pretty fast. Uh, But I went and watched it, and I've noticed something like in the 80s and 90s, like cartoons, you no one could die and you couldn't say kill them or whatever. The bad guys would always say destroy them. Right. So it was always Mm -hmm. it was destroy. It wasn't kill. Destroy. But when you stop and think about it, and I'm mainly thinking, you know, you get into uh, Harry Potter and uh, Prisoner of Azkaban when you have Cornelius Fudge talking about. Peter Pettigrew wasn't murdered. He was destroyed. The only thing they found was a pinky. And so when you think about it, destroying somebody is a whole lot worse than being killed, isn't it? Well, I don't know. For Peter Pettigrew, he really didn't get destroyed to begin with. So. Well, true. But, <laughs> but you know, the idea is like, wait a minute, you know, being killed, okay, you're dead. Being destroyed, I feel like you're being blown up or disintegrated or something. You're, you, there's nothing left of you. So, given the option, would you rather be killed or destroyed? Which one seems less violent? <laughs> I'll take the one that has Dear Abby. Okay. <laughs> but that's the weird stuff that I think about. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't well, say that my brain was functional and normal. I never have. So, Well, it, it is interesting that you bring up the uh, 90s X-Men series because I read this week that there is a group that's trying to get Disney to bring that back into production. Yes. Of course, what I would like to see, and I was, I was talking about this to another guy, uh, I would like for – because Fox is done now with X-Men films. They're going to be part of the MCU. We're expecting that. If they took the basis of the 90s series and used that – to reintroduce the X-Men and in a very similar fashion, you know, grab those characters, find a way to introduce them in the same way, maybe even have with a younger student, like say Jubilee, even uh, coming in and becoming part of them and the, the, having the X-Men kind of pre-existing, but we're introduced to the characters and do it that way, you know, and kind of use the 90s series as the basis for how you're going to present them. Then I think we could get somewhere with this. Yeah, that could be interesting. I would love it. I'd be so happy. <laughs> I'd be so happy. I do the dance of joy. I die. Da, da, da. Okay, for anyone who doesn't remember Perfect Strangers, but yeah. <laughs> okay, many of us do, and many of us do wish for a nice, peaceful weekend break on uh, um, Mykonos. Yes, it is on Hulu still. I've been yes. watching some episodes. Makes me feel good. It's fun. It's a great, uh, great old show. If you've never seen it, we I do recommend go on, get on Hulu and have some fun with it. Well, it's up a good until the show. point where you realize Mr. Twinkasetti's wife. 
ends up being a completely different character who works at the newspaper. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't gotten up to that part. I remember when they started working at the newspaper instead of that store. Yes. Oh, that was such a great show. And then she begins uh, acting as uh, George Lopez's mother. <laughs> well, I watched a few episodes of that show. <laughs> My goodness. But uh, here's another kind of just fun. This is just an odd thing that happened kind of this week. So I'm going to tell a bit of story. Uh, I was, uh, as, you know, as, as regular listeners, as you would know, Aladdin, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I really wanted to love it. I was excited going in there and I was disappointed in a lot of things about the film, although I did still like it. Uh, but there was some Disney group on Facebook that somebody made the post. If you didn't just absolutely love that movie, you need to just leave this group right now. I took issue with that. And I bet that would bug you, too. See, here's here's how at least I know how my brain works and probably a lot of other people. If you suggest something to me like, hey, this was really good. You might like it. Go, you know, check it out sometime you know, if you want to. That works. But if someone tells me, oh, no, you have to do this. Oh, you have to like this. I'm going to repel from that instantly if I if I have to do it, you know, or someone tells me I have to like it or I have to not like something. I'm going to get turned off of it pretty quick. So we try to be careful, at least when I review stuff around here, I'll tell you why I didn't like or why I did like something. But as LeVar Burton used to say, you don't have to take my word for it. So if I ever come across as saying, well, you shouldn't like that or you should like this or like I'm like I'm saying it's like a definite. Somebody let me know because I don't mean to ever be that way. <laughs> but that was like, wow. Until uh, you start talking about Spider-Man and then it's a whole different conversation. <laughs> well, you know, there are people who actually like Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, well, that's fine. As far as the movie goes, it was decent for a movie. It just rubbed me the really the wrong way if they really got Spider-Man really wrong to me. And and I'm not the only one that thinks that way. I've talked to other Spidey fans that we were all kind of like, oh, what did they do? So, yeah, if you if you go see uh, Far From Home, that'll be you that does the review. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go because I'll probably walk away too upset. <laughs> so like well, Maleficent 2, if there's going to re- be a review, it's not going to be me because I'm not going. <laughs> oh, come on. We'll get as far as learning that uh, uh, Nick Fury really is the chameleon. <laughs> that would actually be kind of cool. Like that wasn't really Nick Fury. That was the chameleon. Oh, there, there is some stuff that would be neat. I, there's a lot of characters I'd want to see, but it's and it's it's not necessarily that the villains that they're getting wrong or Spider-Man they're getting wrong. It's all the Peter Parker life that's just so wrong in a lot of ways. And yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, yet I, I I the one thing when we have something that we like or we do not like, and I I want to make sure everybody expresses it in proper ways, because one of the things like I try to do here is say, well, this is what I didn't like about it or this is what I did like. And I offer, you know, bits. I don't I don't ever want to become the person who just says, well, that just sucks. Mm hmm. And so, uh, you know, leaning back to even some of my own production experience, you know, like, you know, uh, some people don't think that student films are really, you know, that big, a high quality thing. Granted, we don't have a production budget, but I have been a part of some student film and other audio projects. I've been the star character in a student film uh, and I worked on a music video and stuff and like the music video project and all of my projects have been, you know, pretty well, you know, I graded well. 
But, you know, one example, that music video, we had a guy who he was there to help shoot on for one day. He wasn't there for some of the other stuff. Any bits that he wasn't there to work on, he was just after we got our grade and we got a pretty good grade. He was like, oh, well, that just sucked. Da, 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 da. He just so negative, but he didn't have anything constructive or anything. And he was part of our group. He didn't have anything useful to say. And that's, I think, is part of some some fandom and some fans act that way compared to. Uh, my other comparison is uh, this one of my first documentary, and I filmed the whole thing myself, where I, I'm in Marceline and I interview like Peter Whitehead and Kay Mallins. Uh, you know, I, this great little documentary that I made that I'm so proud of. I sent it into a state competition and the feedback I got back, they were they were very honest with me. That's for sure. But boy, it was rough to read that uh, the angles that I'd had on some of my shots were just wrong. And this was, you know, but. The nice thing is, see, they were they, they they offered up criticism of what they did not like, but they told me how I could improve it or exactly specifically why that was a bad idea of what I did. And that's a completely different thing. You know, getting you get something kind of or constructive or it's like, well, this is a specific thing. And we're not just saying, oh, well, that just sucks. They're saying, OK, this was a bad thing. And this, here's why there's a big difference between that and just going around and say, well, this sucks. And that's something I think in us fans we can learn from. If we're going to like or not like something, have good reason why. Have good discussion. That actually goes outside of fandom even in the rest of your life. Have good reasons on why. Because be able to share ideas of like, well, oh, I really like this because of this. Or I don't like this because of this. Be able to share and not just tear down. That was my deep thought for the week. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure as we start talking about the trailers and some of the releases that came out uh, – <laughs> well, let's discuss this a little bit further, but um, yeah, I'm you know, sure I, I think, again. you know, to be honest, I really think that uh, for the most part, we need to give things an opportunity. Um, I know myself, I've been pretty uh, visibly and uh, demonstrably upset with, uh, you know, things that aren't quite the way that I would prefer them to, to appear or to be. Uh, case in point, the this... Um, Thundercats reboot that we know is coming along, where oh, it's that, a very chibi animation style. For for as far as I know, it is still happening. Oh, I can tell you know I can tell you with one look that's not for me. Yeah, but you know I can't say that it's not going to be for you know somebody else. And you know what? If if that's the case, then you know all all I need to say is you know what this this isn't for me, and I'll move on. I'm not going to sit there and belabor the point and, and go on about how it's, you know, ruining my childhood. Cause it isn't, you know, the yeah. things that I enjoyed still are still there. Childhood. Yeah. I still have my childhood. In fact, I just found my uh, Sega Genesis. Now, if I can <laughs> just find some games to go along with it, <laughs> I'm sure you can find some, some old uh, novelty stores. Oh, we've got uh, we've got a great store here called Zia, um, where they have got some very good prices when it comes to classic games. So uh, now that I've found this, I'm looking forward to my next trip over there. Oh, yes. Yeah, and that's one of the things is like there's a lot of stuff. Uh, that's one of the things where everyone's, oh, you have to go see this. You don't. But like like the new Thundercats, there's people who would be like, Thundercats, oh, you, you have to see this. You don't. If you don't want to, you don't have to see it. That's another thing with the fandom. You don't have to go to everything. So, yes, freedom. We yeah. like it. Yep. Yeah. And well, and in this world where um, we're not limited to three channels and uh, yes. we have the ability to you know, test something out if we want to, you know, the opportunity is there to find out for yourself if you like it or not. Give it a chance. And uh, if it's not for you, it doesn't 
help when you tear down somebody else's work. But yeah. it does, you know, but if you choose not to watch it, choose not to participate in it, you know, you don't have to let it affect you. Yeah. So don't look at me funny because I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and I'm not planning to because it's just I love fantasy stuff and I probably would read the books, but I don't I don't go in for excessive nudity and excessive violence and gore. I That's not my thing. I yeah, I think my viewing of it, you know, if I were to watch the entire series without any of that in it, it might take about two and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah, it could be. And the funny thing is I did find a uh, – a cram it. I can't remember who makes those. Like I think it's the same people who do honest trailers. They do a cram and they crammed like all the seasons up until the last one. And it came across to me like, you know, remember the old 80s show Dynasty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like a primetime soap opera. I'm like, well, okay, if that's what people enjoy, but that doesn't sound interesting to me. But I still would probably read the books because I I I could think I could tolerate that a little bit better. I that's just how I am. That's why I don't go to horror movies. I don't want to see a bunch of excessive gore. It's gross. I don't like it. So, but something I may like will be the first thing we talk about. We better jump into some some news, and boy, there's something interesting in the top of it. All right, let's go. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, so Disney Springs, they tweeted this out, and here's their description. Applewood smoked bacon, and and I don't even know how to say this, ganachery chocolate. Ganachery. Uh, Ganachery. And they said, take a new foodie adventure at Jack Lindsay's Hangar Bar with the new Temple of Bacon dessert featuring thick-cut applewood smoked bacon dipped in milk and chipotle ganache from the ganachery. So this is bacon and and chipotle and and chocolate. And I just, I can't even. (laughs) This is strange. And it's got to be some sort of like uh, gourmet type of thing. But I know I, I like bacon. I like chocolate. Um, I'm, I'm careful about spicy foods because unfortunately I'm not really allowed to eat that many. I just don't know about the mixture. So I want somebody to try this and tell me what you think. Cause this, I don't think I'm brave enough to try to take a bite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, the, this is Disney Springs rather than, uh, Magic Kingdom where mm-hmm. they have been selling candied bacon, which I have yet to try, which just sounds a little too good for what it's worth. Uh, but this certainly does look interesting because they've got like four pieces of bacon uh, standing straight up on, mm-hmm. on top of a stone, which is covered by a dome and it's all smoky inside. You know, basically, I think that they put it in there while the chocolate is still hardening up yeah. so they can get a good base for it to stand up, um, you know, and and, and to have it uh, uh, to have the Chipotle in there as part of it, that actually does harken back to how chocolate was originally served. Um, with uh, actually hot spices rather than uh, milk, ch- milk as we know now, and as we love now. But uh, you, you do know where the name Jock Lindsay comes from. You know who that is, right? Yes, indeedy. That's just my pet name, Jake. Reggie. Yeah, Reggie. <laughs> Which is weird because I thought the Jock Lindsay bar was somewhere inside the park, but no, I guess it's, not. It's actually at uh, Disney or Disney Springs, um, back in the area where Pleasure Island used to be. 
Oh, okay. So I definitely want to go and check out that place one of these days. Mm-hmm. But uh, see, not the the candied bacon. I might be able. To, I might try. It's the spices I think that make me nervous about this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I mean, I love like a good um, kind of a maple bacon where you got that sweetness of the maple syrup kind of in it. Mm-hmm. I like that. So you know, maybe a little candied. I might like it. But I don't, I don't know that I'm into the spices mixed in with the candy, and I don't know about the chocolate flavor with the bacon. So, like I said, I don't know if I'm brave enough to try it, but if you happen to try it when you're down there, you let us know if it was, like, awesome or something. <laughs> well, if I, I happen to, if I happen to, the thing is, this is four strips of bacon priced at $13. Well, yeah, everybody gets their own piece. Well, Court, how many how many members of your family? Do you got four or five? There's five remember. of us. There's five of you. Well, one of you can like say no way, <laughs> and everybody else can try a piece. Unfortunately, I know that it will not work out that way. <laughs> everybody will want to give it a shot. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 definitely interesting. It's like they've got little bacon bits uh, mixed in with the chocolate as well. So, uh, oh, I thought that was maybe the chipotle looking like in the picture. Oh no, no, those are bacon bits. If you take bacon bits, very close look. Yep. yep. I say I'm one of those people though. I still don't understand the appeal where people like to dip their French fries in their frosty at Wendy's. Yeah, I did that once upon a time. It's uh, it's an interesting concoction. Yeah. But uh, if you'd like something interesting to dip your fries into on a completely separate and wild tangent, mix ketchup and mayonnaise together. Or if you want to get really, really uh, crazy, mix mayonnaise with barbecue sauce and use that for your French fries. I'm not sure if I, I may have done that before. I know I, I used to do the ketchup and, and mayonnaise all the time because it tastes, it tastes like Thousand Island dressing a little bit. Yeah, well, where I grew up, uh, we call it fry sauce. And it's <laughs> available, you know, at, uh, you know, every mom and pop tech stand. I know it's become more popular with, uh, like, Freddy's, um, steak mm, burgers. Freddy's. But, uh, you know, it's uh, there's something about the Intermountain West and how they put that concoction together that just, ooh, mwah. Too good. Yeah, you know, forget they, this uh, mayo chuck that Heinz is trying to sell. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You need to go for the real fry sauce. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want a little zip in it, use uh, Miracle Whip instead. Because <laughs> a sandwich isn't a sandwich without Miracle Whip. No, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I consider myself a bit of a connoisseur. Some of it do take it to that Thousand Island level with putting some relish in it. But uh, for me, just the pure plain ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together, it's heaven. Yeah, so that's what led me to actually starting to put mayonnaise on my uh, my hamburgers because mm. you know I put that layer of mayonnaise and put some ketchup on it, and you know I have actually here lately I bet I got some mayonnaise and I put some barbecue sauce on the hamburger, so I've kind of mm-hmm. mixed it up, but mm-hmm. not necessarily with my fries because I'm not much of a French fry eater. I like tater tots instead. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, it's good with any potato condiment aside from uh, mashed potatoes and baked potatoes. I think I've seen some people put some ketchup in their mashed potatoes though before. And and those people are wrong. <laughs> now, what did we just say at the beginning of the show? <laughs> what we said is we are looking forward to what's happening at Walt Disney World. And coming up on September 30th is going to be the final presentation of Illuminations Reflections of Earth. Oh, and boy, I wish I could get out there this summer because I've never gotten to see it. And I've heard the music of it. And the music is fantastic. And I've heard all these wonderful things. I'd really like to be able to see it. And boy, I wish something was going to happen big because you know, going to this event, 
Uh, there are some expensive packages. There's that VIP are. packages of over three hundred dollars <laughs> to go. Well, and, and I'll tell you this: um, when I saw Fantasmic for the first time, I was blown away. And that was, you know, on, in Disneyland, right on the shores of the Rivers of America. Um, I saw Illuminations for the very first time this past March, and. I can't even tell you how impressed and blown away I was by it. I've seen YouTube videos of it. I know, you know, what happens with the globe as it goes mm -hmm. out into the middle of the lake. And I've seen the buildings light up. But when you're out there and experiencing it, there is just nothing that, you know, makes up for that experience. It's something where, you know, being there just gives it that extra little bit of, of magic. Yeah, so that's because I've watched videos of it too, and it's like, well, that looks neat. I wish I was there because being there is completely different. It is, it is, you know, um, and and it is for a lot of these nighttime shows. You know, with Paint the Night, there's nothing like uh, standing out on the terraces over by It's a Small World as the Toy Story float comes along, and you shout out Buzz Lightyear as that part of the soundtrack comes along. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they these shows have been designed and put together to. Hit those nostalgic bones, but with Illuminations, it's something completely different. It's not directly connected with anything that is Disney branded, except for it being itself. And well, and the voice of Jim Cummings. But <laughs> yes, um, you know, it's it, it really is um, you know something that I've really come to enjoy, and and I, I do hope that I have the opportunity to uh, view it at least one more time before it goes away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nice you're thing. right. So they, this, this event, though, is actually going to have uh, Don Dorsey, who was the creator and the director of the the. I don't know if you call this an attraction. I guess so. And then Gavin Greenway, the composer of the the score, and even Kelly Coffee, who sings "We Go On." And the, I guess there's another song called "Promise" in there. I can't think. "Promise" might be when they when they are bring the lights back up, but they're still playing a song. Is that maybe what that is? Yeah, we go on. I know I know that one. But you Sorry. could meet them uh, with this, you know, and it's, a, it's the VIP package. And basically it's an event registration fee, which uh, $3 with that registration fee goes over to the Give Kids the World, which is cool. Mm -hmm. uh, you get to go to a dessert party, a private luncheon, a panel presentation. And you get to see the Epcot Forever first ever performance dessert party. Now, Epcot Forever is temporary. Then we've laughed about that before. That's still funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole thing is going to cost you about $334.97. If you are, go for the whole value. Right. For all, all of the options. Right. Uh, and you can go, and there is some sort of discounts uh, set up for some things. But if you go to reflectionsofforever, all one word, dot com, you can order tickets to this. And it's kind of like there's that uh, Haunted Mansion thing going to happen. I really wish I could afford to do it, but I really can't. It just sounds awesome. But if anybody happens to go and wants to tell us about your experience, I'd love to hear about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's no way I'm going to afford it. <laughs> <laughs> well, me neither. <laughs> Ooh, hey, you know, if you get to go to Walt Disney World, you might get a 20% discount because you're an annual pass holder. It's very, yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things that surprised me uh, when I became a pass holder at Disney World, well, let me back up a bit. At Disneyland, uh, you get a 20% discount at every restaurant on property and several that are at uh, downtown Disney. Um, when we went to, I believe it was Harbor House, uh, we were kind of surprised because we didn't get the discount. 
and uh, we went someplace else for lunch and we didn't get the discount and uh, kind of surprised us because we had expected it and it turns out that it's only available in uh, select places. Well, um, what they're doing is now from June 11th through July 2nd, uh, pass holders who visit select restaurants are going to be able to get a 20% savings during the lunch service. So in the Magic Kingdom, this is going to be the Jungle Navigation Company uh, Limited Skipper Canteen, which I think might be what you were um, uh, comparing Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar to by thinking it was Maybe. in the park. I don't know. Uh, then there's the Liberty uh, Liberty Tree Tavern, uh, which is, oh, what did I get there? I got something really good there, but I can't remember. Uh, but uh, then there's the Crystal Palace, the Diamond Horseshoe, and Tony's Town Square will all have this discount. Down I in Epcot. I think oh. I ate at the Diamond Horseshoe when I was there because that's that's the one where it's 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 not the Golden Horseshoe. It's not that big, but it is kind of a Western themed thing in Frontierland. Is that the Diamond mm-hmm. Horseshoe? Because yeah, we, we yeah, did have uh, on our real plan we ate there. Hmm? But there's also Pecos Bills, which uh, that could have been know, is on too. the other side of tomorrow or uh, Frontierland from there. Uh, but Magic Kingdom is not the only place where these discounts are going to be available. Uh, over in Epcot, it's going to be uh, available at the Ockershoes Royal Banquet Hall. The Biedergarten in Germany, a Coral Reef over in the Seas, uh, the Rose and Crown Dining Room over in England, and the Garden Grill up in uh, the Land Pavilion. This is probably Hollywood. a good time to try out the Rose and Crown because I hear it's fantastic. Uh, that's what I hear too, but my good friends who are from England have told me that's not real English food. <laughs> Uh, over in Hollywood Studios, uh, the discount is going to be available at Hollywood and Vine, Mama Melrose's Ristorante Italiano, and the Hollywood Brown Derby. Darn, I was hoping that uh, either the Sci-Fi Dine-In uh, would have it, and I'm pretty sure that it's already an option over at the uh, Primetime Cafe. Anyhow. Uh, the Brown Derby is kind of excellent, though, too. So it, it is, but it's also kind of expensive. <laughs> yeah, well, 20% off, you know. Yep. Now, uh, heading down the roadways from Hollywood Studios is Animal Kingdom. There's only two locations that are going to have this available. The first is Tiffin's Restaurant, and the other is the Tusker House Restaurant. I haven't had a chance to uh, dine at either location there. Um, They kind of come with the $3 sign price menus. So, um, you know, but again, this might be a good opportunity if we can get out there. Yeah. But the, re- the parks are not the only locations where the discounts are going to be upheld. There's also uh, several locations at the resorts. Uh, one is the L and Compass at Disney's Yacht Club. Then there's the ESPN Club at uh, the Boardwalk Inn. The Grand Floridian Cafe at uh, the Grand Floridian Resort. The Kona Cafe at the Polynesian Village Resort. And you know what? I need to go over there and go to Ohana's because I hear that that is yeah. really good. Uh, yeah. Then there's Olivia's Cafe at Disney's Old Key West Resort, uh, Sanaa at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, the Wave of American Flavors at Disney's Contemporary Resort, and the Whispering Canyon Cafe at Disney's Wilderness Lodge. Now, they do point out that this discount is only offered between uh, 11.30 a.m. and up until 4 p.m. and only applies to the non-discounted price of food and non-alcoholic beverages not including tax and gratuity. Uh, you do have to present your annual uh, your annual pass card and photo ID, so having your magic band is not going to be enough for that. You know, but if you're going with a group where uh, three other people are not annual pass holders, you can actually extend this benefit to up to three guests plus the annual pass nice. holder. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm- 
I'm actually curious to try a bit more Polynesian food because uh, uh, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show. I think I've posted it to the Facebook page, but I have found the place over in Liberty, Missouri. So it's about 15 minutes away from me where I can get Dole Whip of multiple different flavors. I can get orange, pineapple. I think they have strawberry. They have lime. They rotate some of the flavors, but they always have pineapple. But mm-hmm. uh, the people who run it, uh, it's very Hawaiian themed. They have, um, well, they have a taco, which is kind of fun, but they have, and I can't think of what now it was called. It was, it was a, uh, I think it was a type of pork or some sort of, yeah, I think it was a pork, but then uh, it's got a name for it with the seasoning, and it's some seasoning that's very specific to the Hawaiian Islands because they they somehow or another get it. it only the, the seasoning only grows around volcanic areas, mm-hmm. and I cannot think of what the name of it is. But I tried some last time we were there on my birthday. Oh my goodness, it was so good. Oh, but I now I cannot think of it. But it was this Polynesian delicacy meat, and it, it was so tasty. Made a great sandwich, and it went really well with a Dole Whip. And I bet they have some of it over at that Kona Cafe or at Ohana's. And is it uh, tagine or tahine? Uh, it's uh, flavored with chilies, lime juice, and sea salt. No, that's not it. This was something that's uh, it's a very specific spice. But I, like I said, I can't think of the name of it, and I don't have uh, my. Uh, I had a, I grabbed a menu that I brought home, but I don't have it on my desk over here. Ah. But uh, I will. I will make sure I look that up, and then I will. I will share that. But oh, if you get a chance to try it. I, I, I liked it. It was really good. Well, there you go. Yes, it was tasty. Well, Dole Whips are good to begin with. <laughs> well, yeah, not, not just the Dole Whip, but, you know, trying this meat out. Um, mm-hmm. It's and it's um, I want to say it's very, very similar to like a pulled pork because it is like basically pulled pork. But they this sauce is a very specific seasoning. That's something I had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I cannot think I, I'm feeling like it starts with an H, but I'm probably getting that wrong. Hmm. But uh, over by Cinderella Castle, they're making some progress on widening out the walkway. And incidentally, pretty close to the Liberty Tree Tavern at that. Mm-hmm. So, and we've uh, been talking about it. <laughs> you saw some of the uh, the draining of the uh, the moat was going on, uh, and that's been a while, though, I guess, since you're yeah, the yeah, they yeah they were actually starting uh, the process of draining the moats uh, when I was there back in March. Uh, and it was very interesting because one day there was nothing. The next day there was this uh, green uh, uh, water pump. Uh, well, it was painted in go away green, uh, ready to start uh, draining the the moat in a few places. It was really interesting because they also had these tarps set up uh, so that they could retain water in select locations and drain the areas that they needed to have access to. Um, but uh, what they what they are doing is that they are going through and uh, taking the path that runs along the side of Cinderella Castle. They have closed it and they are working to, <coughs> excuse me, widen it uh, for better traffic flow. Most of the old hand railings uh, are gone. Um, the permanent metal fences and the temporary wooden fences have all been removed. Uh, but they are working to uh, get those uh, pathways widened, and hopefully we'll be seeing um, you know that completed soon. Um, yeah. Not sure if we've got a date yet when that's going to be uh, completed, but it is at a point where you can take a look and see uh, what's going on between the you know what has already been taken care of and completed, and where they still have uh, work to go. Uh, but this is all around the uh, the castle on both sides, both the uh, uh, Tomorrowland side and the Frontierland side, um, or Liberty Square side, rather, I should say. 
But uh, yeah, definitely a, a lot of interesting work going on, a lot uh, of progress being made. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just part of the change. I mean, I, I don't believe that this is quite as drastic as some of the widening projects we've seen at Disneyland, where benches and planters have been removed. Uh, specifically for access to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. But, um, you know, still, well, the places get busier, more people enjoy spending time there, and, you know, they got to make way. Um, just just the time, one of the days we were in Magic Kingdom, I'll, I'll admit, one of the things that I really like about uh, Disney World is that I can spread my arms out, and even if it's a busy day, I'm still not going to touch anybody, which uh, <laughs> unfortunately cannot be said about Disneyland. Yeah. Um, with the exception of the um, parade as it would as it wound through um, that everything was tightly packed and there were people trying to find their kids who got lost in the crowd then it was uh, busy and you know you couldn't really move to be honest we weren't there to watch the parade we were trying to get over to the Hana mansion but we got to see the parade <laughs> did you ever see any chipmunks come running by um, actually, I did see a couple of chipmunks in uh, Animal Kingdom. <laughs> well, you're about to see some on Disney Plus because uh, they just announced this week and uh, they showed us, uh, we've got to see an image on D23 that there's going to be a new Chippendale original series going to be on Disney Plus. I think these are going to be like a collection of like shorts because I'm talking about seven minute episodes. The odd thing is it's nonverbal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely interesting. So we're not going to get Tress McNeil doing, or, or uh, and Rusey Taylor doing high pitched voices. Yeah, and I thought at least if they're going to be classic, you might be more similar to the early Chippendale, where they both kind of almost had the same voice a little bit back in mm -hmm. the classic cartoons. Uh, so I, I'm not sure how this is necessarily going to work. They're calling this more of a classic comedy. However, looking at the image, I'm not fond of the design myself. It's very, um, I, I almost want to call it Ren and Stimpy. You know, I wouldn't go quite that far to a Spumco type of look. Uh, to be honest, it, it, it looks like it might be related to the uh, fish hooks uh, style that was on the Disney Channel a couple of years ago. Um, just just because one of the images is a fish that's very reminiscent uh, of the same <laughs> I style. I didn't watch that show. So. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely, you know, anytime we see some type of new incarnation of classic characters, uh, you know, again, I had that horrible reaction to Thundercats. But again, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. Um, even though the design was somewhat similar when Chippendale showed up wearing a leather jacket and a Hawaiian shirt, yeah, they didn't they just charm me that much. <laughs> they, it was a little bit different and they surrounded them with a new cast. Yeah. Um, and they did it in that 80s Disney style as opposed to you know the 1950s and the 1940s, which is where uh, Chippendale originally you know came from. But, uh, you know, it's... You know, I personally, I was not too excited to see the new uh, Paul Rudish style of shorts that uh, came out for Mickey Mouse. And I think Jeremy made a good point. Goofy certainly is not the same type of character in yeah. those uh, episodes as uh, he's been portrayed in the past. Yeah, but, they kind of uh, got like fly circling him. He's, he's Goofy's kind of been made into this like gross character. But the overall, the plots of these uh, these Mickey shorts have been really funny. I just wish I've seen more of them because they, yeah. I especially, I love... Uh, Oh, uh, what what is it I bought that has the yodeling one? I really just love that yodeling. Yodelberg. <laughs> Yodelberg. It just cracks me up because they're just shushing the, the Yeti and they're, he's being chased by the Yeti. And they're trying to be quiet so they don't have an avalanche. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, they're, and, and, they're so funny. And to, 
And to be honest, I really like the little touches to Disney history that they scattered yes. throughout those. You know, whether it's uh, uh, Mickey finding himself being shot through uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle in France, or if there's a reference to Walt and his trains, or uh, if there's a, an homage to uh, Adventures Through Inner Space, you know, they do find interesting little ways to touch those little bits of nostalgia. And, you know, the pacing on them, I have to say, I really appreciate how they got the pacing put together. And hey, they made an episode called Potato Land, which is all about my home state of Idaho. Go <laughs> There you go. So if it's if this is done with that sort of a humor, then this could be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't mind them talking though, but you know, having them not talking, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a different style because the Chippendale we're used to, the classic ones, is they're they're little little pests, really. Yeah. They're they're funny, but they're boy, you know, I'm on Donald's side whenever they're messing with Donald because usually they started it. You know, well, they're kind of like I'm, Jerry Mouse. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I am going to miss a good uh, Apple Core interview. Yeah. Nothing more. <laughs> Who's your friend? <laughs> Me. Splat! Because <laughs> you know, they've had some classic encounters with Donald, and if, if they at least get Donald into a couple of these, that'd be great. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's but, when they're at their best, is when they're pestering Donald. Even I, my favorite one is still when Donald has built a little miniature village and he's got the train. And he thinks it's fun that Chip and Dale moved into a little house, mm-hmm. and he just he kind of goofs on him a little bit. I love that episode, and it, it mm-hmm. works out fine for everybody. <laughs> or not episode? I guess I'll call it a short, not an episode. Yeah. Well, and and for me, the uh, the non vocal bit of it, I, it's not really a big turnoff to me. I'm starting to get more and more into uh, silent slapstick comedies, yeah. and you know, which which really is you know, what this comes out of. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with it. And again, I'm going to wait and see what happens. And uh, hopefully it's something that we'll enjoy and we yeah. can talk about uh, for years on end, perhaps. But Not another to mention, thing, we com- can barely understand Chip in the old days anyway, because he was talking so fast. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, but you know, we saw when he the... called call Dale a numbskull and bonk him over the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they'll even have Clarice to fight over. <laughs> but we did get a quick look at the logo for Monsters at Work, which I am still super excited. I am stoked. Yeah, for yeah. Because um, you know that this is actually, that series is going to be about a couple of other monsters who look up to Mike and Sully as kind of idols. and Yeah, because they'd be um, expensive to have on as regulars. Yes, they would be. Although, <laughs> uh, there, there is uh, Carlos Alzaraki, uh, who uh, does a really good version of Billy Crystal as uh, Mike Wazowski. But, uh, oh, and also there's uh, Brian Cummings who does a very good John Goodman impersonation too. So, hmm. you know, there are, you know, backup character voices that they can reach out to. But, you know, they, they do say here that Billy Crystal and John Goodman are going to be coming back to voice Mike and Sully. So, yeah. uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some new characters because, I mean, uh, the Monsters University gave us a whole new cast of characters and I just loved them all. Mm-hmm. So they really have great ideas for all these goofy kind of fun monster characters. So I'm excited to meet some new characters and the whole monster world is just it's just fun. I love it. So I'm I'm excited. Well, and even if they can bring back some of those monsters from Monsters U that we got to meet for the first time, like Squishy and yes. uh, Art and, you know, just just and Terry and Terry. You know, <laughs> yes. just bring them in and, you know, bring find someone in. to incorporate them, you know, post Monsters U, post Monsters Inc. Yeah, oh, that would be great. I'd be happy. I can't go back to jail. <laughs> oh, I, I'll tell you, I would just snap into him. 
Yeah, like a Slim Jim. Yeah. Which, why did it take so long for somebody to make this? There is a Macho Man Slim Jim figure coming I, I out. No uh, I forgot exactly when. I should have. I should have brought the article around. I just. I saw the images of it, and it's coming in a special box. Uh, and everything, and it's 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 Macho Man Randy Savage dressed in what that orange and yellow outfit, holding Slim Jims that he used oh, to always pop up. Yeah, happened yeah. to a Slim Jim. <laughs> yeah, we gotta have the Slim Jims just right. What's happened to a Slim Jim? Yeah, so you have to have. And I I gotta get this thing. <laughs> as long as they keep it to Macho Man and they don't extend it to that thin guy who uh, kept saying "Eat me." I don't even remember that. It was another mascot for Slim Jim. And Apparently it wasn't me, very good. <laughs> you're, you're glad you didn't see it. <laughs> oh, but we, it's time to turn another corner. Burp. The Electronic Expo or Electronic Entertainment Expo was this week. And I had mentioned last weekend, like the only thing I was really interested in that I saw, heard about over the weekend was Star Wars Fallen Jedi. And I am, oh, that I was excited before beginning to look at some of some gameplay footage. That looks so great. But there is so much more to be excited about. Not necessarily everything that I've I've played, but I, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if I've talked about this much, but uh, when I, I, I turned 42, I bought myself a Nintendo Switch with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild because I well, really wanted to try it. And it was it was a bit frustrating at first because like, you can break your weapons, but after mm-hmm. you start kind of getting more powerful and stuff, it starts like, okay, now we're getting the, the flow of it and I'm getting to explore the entire world of Hyrule and the map is so big and I haven't even done anything story-related at this point, hardly. I, but it's such a great adventure. But they just teased a sequel to Breath of the Wild is currently in development. Which, now, there's, if, for anyone who's a fan of The Legend of Zelda, that you'll under, understand this. If you're not, then uh, there each is, usually each Zelda game, you get, like, different eras and different timelines. Because it's these characters kind of reincarnate whenever they're needed or whatever to fight Ganon, who is always, I guess, the same Ganon, who just keeps coming back. Yeah. Um, so, I know, personally, uh, with, I really like... the exception? Uh, I was just going to say, with the exception of uh, Ocarina of Time and... Um, Majora's oh, Mask. My, yes. Yeah, Majora's Mask was a sequel to Ocarina of Time, but it had nothing to do with Ganon. That's exactly where I was going with this. Yep. So I would like a sequel to Twilight Princess, personally. I, that was right now one of my favorites. I love that one. It was very cinematic. Uh, but Breath of the Wild, with this sequel, I expect a spin-off type of thing like Majora's Mask may be what they're doing here. So it may not be Ganon related. We might have a whole new adventure. And I was even watching some video on YouTube where some people speculated, like, you know, they noticed Zelda has a shorter haircut. So maybe she would be a playable character in this new adventure because it's easier to animate shorter hair if she's going to be running around more. You know, so maybe right. maybe she'll be more partnered with Link and maybe you can switch back and forth. That would be pretty neat. It would be. It would be. I'm still oh. waiting to get uh, my own copy of uh, Breath of the Wild, but I do. I do have a Switch now. So, yeah, I'll definitely have to uh, dive into that and uh, see how it goes. Yes, because I'm, I'm having fun with my Switch, even though I've only really kind of got one game like that. <laughs> so so if, if we had friend numbers that we gave each other, would that uh, put us into some sort of alliance? I guess so. <laughs> Like an, an ultimate, ultimate alliance? alliance? Yes. <laughs> That'd be marvelous. <laughs> well, there there were two great Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. I just really wish that there was some way that they could continue that series. 
like make a third game? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe have Thanos as the main villain? Thanos? Thanos? Who's he? I don't know, but he's purple and has a, a really odd looking chin. It sounds inevitable. <laughs> exactly. And it's a, it's a real snap of an idea. Uh, mm. the, the, the weird thing with me is I've got the first one and I, boy, I love that one. I haven't played it in mm-hmm. a long time. I never did get that second one where they did the Civil War storyline. Yeah, I, I've actually got the first one for um, PlayStation. Actually, I think PlayStation 2. And uh, then I've got the second one for my PlayStation 3. Because, yeah, I got I got it on my Xbox 360, and I think it's the mm-hmm. 360 version, so it should have been a PlayStation 3 game, I would think. But uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure they did come out with a PlayStation 3 version. I yeah. just think uh, I was too poor at the time. <laughs> I know how that feels. But so a third game, which I'm excited. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. And if, if that oh, wasn't enough Marvel news, we heard, now we heard Squaresoft. Uh, of course, not Squaresoft is part with another company, and I can't think of it. Square Enix. Enix. Square Enix, yeah. They, what was it, like three years ago that they announced that they were working on some sort of an Avengers type of game. Mm-hmm. We finally got a look at it, and oh, it's beautiful. Well, we got to look at the cinematics of the game and a well, very yeah, little bit of uh, gameplay. But it's still beautiful. Yeah, it looks really <laughs> good. Now, a lot of people are making uh, hay out of the fact that the models used for uh, the game do not quite match the actors from the films. But you know what? If you read the comic book, you have two different artists. They've got two different styles. Exactly. And they, so. they look like the characters, though. You recognize them, you know. Exactly. Like, exactly. And and even, you know, the, the Hulk looks kind of like Mark Ruffalo. Kind of does, example. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it looks like it's going to focus around a story involving something going horribly wrong that results in the death of Captain America. Um you know, something that even leaves oh, wow. Thor uh, to put down Mjolnir. Wow, I didn't Whether get that much in detail. Or not. Yeah. I just um, knew they, they need to be reassembled. And some of the, you got Nolan North in there as Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. Ben, went, oh, a lot of great voices. And Troy Baker is playing, uh, I think, the Hulk. Oh, oh, good, good, good. There was this nice little thing on the video where you watch some of the cast members. And, you know, anyone who plays games, you've heard Nolan North and Troy Baker before. Mm-hmm. I can't and now I want to play Uncharted again. Thank you very exactly. much. <laughs> Especially Uncharted 4, where they're both in there. Yeah. Oh, such a great game. Such a great game. <laughs> oh, but that's not the only... Oh, there's so many great games. Cause what kind of tactics do you think they might be up to? Some Dark Crystal tactics. Which what? I think it's I, that might be a Switch exclusive from the way I was looking. I, I mainly saw it during the Nintendo panel. Mm-hmm. Oh, but finally a Dark Crystal game and based around the Rise of the Resistance or no wait, Age of Resistance mm-hmm. series coming up very, very soon. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not very good at tactics type games. I haven't really played a lot of them, but I'm going to learn because it's the Dark Crystal. <laughs> so I will learn tactics and I will play and I will be like, yay, go Gelflings. Hey, just let me be a Skeksy swinging a sword around. Oh, yes. That would be hard. But you're not allowed to swing it at anybody. You have to hit a stone with it and break it. Hey, I can live with that. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's it's about time that somebody woke up to this idea. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a Game Boy game, speaking of Legend of Zelda, that I played and I never finished. And I've been like, man, I'd really like to get another shot at that. Well, Link's Awakening has been remade in beautiful high definition and 3D graphics. 
Oh my goodness, the trailer and the pictures of this look fantastic. I am super excited to play. I'm glad I got a Switch now <laughs> because I want to play this. this looks well, so and the, the original Game Boy game was just, uh, it, it took the aesthetic of A Link to the Past and it just kind of, you know, not only just brought it into the portable Game Boy milieu, but it was such a completely off the wall story. Um, I really liked playing it. I'm looking forward to seeing what this remake, uh, how it plays and how it handles. And it looks like it's going to play just like the Game Boy. It's just going to look better. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. some new added dimensions to it, but oh, it looks so great and cartoony and fun. I love it. It just looks great. <laughs> but but here's the thing that I thought was weird. It was a weird announcement. And, you know, this is where Nintendo is frequently about four years behind on some games, if not more. Right. Uh, but Nintendo has made a brand. You, you, they, you expect family-friendly type of games for the most part. Yeah. Now, they have branched into, I mean, like Resident Evil 4 uh, was first originally released on the GameCube. So there is, you know, that that's a bit of an oddity, sure. Uh, but this really caught me off guard. The Witcher 3, which I have played. And as far as like a Neverland endorsement, I can't give it that because this is in no fashion family friendly. But as far as games go, this is an impressive game. But I'd have to warn people, this is a, if this were a movie, it'd be a hard R. Mm-hmm. I mean, severely, and it's not just because there's monsters, but there is some lang- quite a bit of language. There's some bits of nudity in there, uh, so, and some of it's part of the story. You can't avoid it. Uh, so if you're like, oh, hey, I'm not really down with my kids playing this, and then, yeah, I'm, this was, I mainly bring this up because I think it's weird that Nintendo is going to release it, and I wonder if they're going to try to edit it and censor it a bit to make it more uh, friendly with their, their brand. Mm-hmm. Which, if, they, if they've altered it, I would be curious to do it, and I would, I would probably buy a copy, even though I've got it on a PS4 and I have completed it. And uh, as far as just going around and getting to kill monsters, that's a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's got an interesting story. It's just some of the other stuff that, like, yeah, don't let your kids play this. Mm-hmm. But holy cow. But something I bet you could let your kids play that I'm super excited about this, because I usually play this every every October anyway. But they're remaking the Ghostbusters game from, what was that, like uh, 2009? Yeah, about ten years ago. In fact, yeah. I've, I, that that's one I know I have for my PlayStation Three, and I have not had the opportunity to really sit down and get into it. Oh, I, uh, dude! Play through the first level where you're in the hotel, and then you're out in the street, and then I die repeatedly. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's kind of tough at times, and it, there, there's some definite challenge levels uh, later in the game. But it was such a great game. And again, a good HD release to where maybe some of the online capabilities, because, you know, the the online capabilities were taken down for the original one a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So the opportunity to maybe go online again, because you could team up with your friends and there was most wanted ghosts and you would go and try to catch these most wanted ghosts. Uh, which, you know, heck, the end of the game, it talks about franchising out uh, the Ghostbusters, and that's pretty much what leads into the online. It's like you're supposed to be like new Ghostbusters franchises, and you can go out and, and trap ghosts, and oh my goodness, it was just it was just fun. And, and, and really, you can think of that game as a little bit repetitive, because it's like, you know, catch ghosts, trap, repeat. But yeah. it's, oh my, it's so much fun catching ghosts. <laughs> and there was so much creative ideas in the ghosts in the game oh my goodness i i'm i'm excited because even though i still own my 360 version i'll i'll get it again i don't care well, <laughs> and i'll i'll jump forward here a little bit speaking of catching ghosts yes a third version of luigi Ma- luigi's mansion 
And I haven't gotten to play any of those, and I want to, but I just haven't. <laughs> I played the first one, and I had a whole lot of fun with it. Uh, you, it, it's, it it's a little tricky to master because you've got to use uh, both of your hands for completely different functions when it comes to uh, tagging and sucking up those ghosts. Uh, but uh, it was quite innovative for its time, and I'm really interested to see, you know, now with the Wii, or I'm sorry, not with the Wii, but with the Switch, rather. Yeah, Switch. Um, you know, how that's going to uh, change things up even more. And they've even added a slam ability to his uh, his uh, ghost sucker upper. Mm-hmm. So you can slam things around to kind of because I guess everything's got like a point value, and you got to lower it down before you can suck them up. And you're like, uh, they got a name for it, and I can't remember what it's called. It's like a big mm-hmm. vacuum. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, speaking of that, and I'm going to go way off topic here. Uh, Disney actually licensed a Haunted Mansion game, which <gasps> used very much the same type one? of physics. Oh no, this is an old one. Oh, this, this is one the old one. Definitely I had. was back on the PlayStation Two. Yeah, it um, was. I had it. But uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a lot of fun because it got into the lore of the mansion, and it yeah. took the the uh, caretaker character and made him kind of your your hero figure within the game. Um, but That's yeah, pretty tough puzzles in it too. It did, it did. Ooh, but boy. you know, I don't think we would have gotten that had it not been for Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, and if you're if you've never seen this game before, if you go to the Neverland Podcast YouTube channel. I have some video where I've got some just some gameplay of it. I've also done a video where I kind of recreated the ride game version because they I mean, they put everything. They got the stretching room in there and they have all the rooms from the from the attraction. Uh, I think there's even some additional rooms, but uh, I've got some video if you want to check it out. It's not high quality video because it is an older game, uh, but I did. I I might even still have my copy of it somewhere. So it's okay to say it's potato quality. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, one, one thing that, yeah, well, speaking of Disney, yes, um, one thing that has confused everybody is the storyline of Kingdom Hearts. So I guess this new DLC called Remind is going to help explain it, but I don't want to know yet because I'm still trying to get through the first one. I'll, I'll, I, I, I'm putting my bet on it's going to further confuse us. <laughs> I'll bet so. <laughs> but, you know, you, you play it because there's Disney characters in it, really. Yeah. So that's what keeps me going. Although I keep getting sidetracked because well, that first one, it the the gameplay style, I I have a hard time with it, mm-hmm. uh, and it gets really frustrating at times. And so I end up getting like, oh, I need to pull away from this. I'm still back uh, uh, trying to fight Ursula. I kind of left it alone after a while, but I get frustrated with that first one. And I'm I figure it gets better as you go on. But it's just so neat being in the worlds of all these great Disney films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just exciting. And so I'm still I'm like, if I had the third one, I'd be looking forward to this DLC a bit more than I am right now. I'm just like, hey, cool. They made some downloadable content. Cool. And 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 I really enjoy the uh, uh, the second game, Kingdom Hearts 2. I've I'll I'll tell you, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 3 and I've really been having some difficulty getting through it. Uh, Some of the worlds are maybe a little bit too large. I'm concerned, Mm. but uh, still, it's a lot of fun to play. Um, but there's a lot more story packed in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 than there was in uh, the first two games. And, you know, maybe it's on par with those uh, uh, Game Boy and mobile games that they've put out. Um, but I'm still I'm still working through three uh, and I'm sure I will get there eventually. I believe I'm on the uh, second to last new world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of three, though. Stranger Things, the third season, is going to get a game. And it looks like a Super Nintendo game, only it's uh, 
sort of Diablo-ish, gauntlet style, the way you move around, but it looks like it's going to follow the story fairly well of this new season coming out here July 4th. It looks like a lot of fun, though. Hey, Very as, retro. Long, as long as there's a mini game where you got to scoop up ice cream at uh, Scoops Ahoy, <laughs> I'm all for it. You know, and I, I have to say, when I was at the Denver Comic Con a couple of weeks ago, I was surprised by how many people were cosplaying uh, with that Scoops Ahoy uniform. <laughs> That's awesome. You gotta love cosplayers. <laughs> so there's definitely a lot of interest out there in this this next season. So oh yeah. Hopefully, hopefully there's uh you know it, it continues the story and I'm sure it will. Um, and we've got this entire new uh, setting with the mall. So uh, oh yeah, so much fun could be had now. Oh yeah. But uh, another big announcement was, and I, I haven't played the original one, but I don't. I think it's on the Wii U. I don't think it's on the Switch. But Super Mario Maker Two. Mm-hmm. Which people are excited about. I I I like the creative aspect of that, uh, where you can make your own Super Mario levels. That sounds like fun. So I may have to look into that one. Uh, also, I saw some imagery of a Battle to Battle Toads reboot, which is yes. uh, unfortunately an exclusive to Xbox. Mm-hmm. And I do not have an Xbox One, but maybe Scott and Tracy over at Disney Indiana will tell us about it. But I don't know. I think Scott would love it. I don't know if Tracy would be into Battle Toads. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just remember Battletoads being the most frustratingly difficult game ever for the good old Nintendo system as well as in the arcade. But it, it was, was fun. So it was fun. They yes. you know, had such crazy actions and moves. And, you know, when they would, uh, you know, be surprised by something, their eyes were popping out, jaws <laughs> dropping down. Yes. Uh, just just the expressions and the the their actions were just so uh, well I don't not descriptive but just so out there yeah I just hope it doesn't remain an exclusive and then eventually we get over on the PlayStation because I would I would I would still play it Mm -hmm. and then another thing this is a PlayStation exclusive uh this was on the Sega Dreamcast. There was Shenmue and then Shenmue 2, which I'd never got a pl- chance to play. And now Shenmue 3 has officially announced that it is on its way, which apparently this it was meant to be a trilogy to wrap up the story. And so uh, people have been sitting for years after Shenmue 2 not having a wrap up to the story. Uh, and I have heard that they're going to re-release those first two games uh, on the PlayStation 4 as a remastered. So I'll probably get a chance to sit and play it. But uh, I have looked and I've seen enough video that there is one point, I think in Shenmue 2, Shenmue 2, when they say don't move while I cut your hair no matter what happens, it'll give you a quick time event button. Don't press it because they told you not to move. You can fail it by pressing a button. <laughs> you don't press the button. You trust them while he's got a knife to your throat. So that is my my tip. <laughs> All right. I, I have then, nothing to say about this game. I, I, I've, I've never played them. Yeah, I, I haven't played them, but I've seen lots of video on them. And it's, it's very, very story driven uh, and a, like a retro kung fu movie in a way. Uh, very, very neat. Something else I'm probably not going to play, but it's, you know, people are going to be excited about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, that's when that's coming on the on the switch. That's going to be a very big deal. I'm the only Pokemon so far I've really enjoyed was that that Detective Pikachu movie. I really did like that one, but I'm not really into Pokemon games because I still have issues with, you know, trapping animals and forcing them to fight. So <laughs> but oh, the big surprise. Yes, a new Lego game. Yes, but not just any Lego game and not just any Lego license. What do we get at the end of this year, Jeremy? A Star Wars of something. Movie. Yes. A Star Wars movie. A Star Wars saga is going to be completed. Yes. 
So a Lego Star Wars game that has the complete saga. But I have questions on this. Now, it does sound like they maybe made some new levels or maybe they just kind of remastered the level. So like, because I've got the uh, the uh, the original one where they did the uh, the prequels and the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I've got that. Uh, and I know, and I've somewhere, I've, I think I've got the Force Awakens Lego thing. I just haven't gotten around to playing yeah. it. Uh, but I don't know if it's like they're putting just packaging it all together with a, a new game for the new movie or if they've made new levels or I, I'm not my, sure. My understanding is that this is an entirely new game. Woohoo! So not only do we get new levels, but they're going to include the uh, updates that the LEGO games have had over the past few years, incorporating uh, voice acting rather than just, ooh. ah, Although I like the gold grunts. Those are fun. But, you know, uh, Star Wars has done a lot of good stuff with their uh, LEGO side of things uh, that that they have uh, brought to the screen. You know, the... uh, I'm trying to remember what they all were, but you know, up up to the Freemaker adventures and, and the Droid yeah. Tales, yeah, and Yoda's stories. Yeah, so, lots uh, of good fun stuff. You know, they 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 continue to find you know some good natured humor in Star Wars, and you know, it, it's fun. It's something I can play with my kids, and it's something that my kids love and enjoy. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Did you ever play Earthworm Jim? I did. Well, I, I think I played a little bit. It was like a friend of mine had rented it, and it's it's just goofy and wacky. Mm-hmm. Well, that team who made that are reuniting. It's 25 years since then. They're going to create a brand new Earthworm Gym that's exclusively for a new console called the Amico, and you'll never guess who's making this thing. Oh, who is making it? Intellivision. What? They're what? back. What? They're back. Holy cow. And I, I, I played a little bit on it in television. I, I had a, a friend of mine back. Uh, golly, it must have been the second grade, first grade, second grade. No, no second grade. Had a friend uh, that I'd stay overnight at his house and everything, and he had an television. I remember we played a Smurf game on there. It was a very different controller. It was like this round disc on a number pad thing. And yeah. so uh, it was a different system altogether. But, you know, fresh on, uh, what was it, last year that Atari announced that they're making a brand new console. And mm-hmm. television's like, oh, yeah, well, so are we. And guess what? We're going to have an exclusive Earthworm Gym game. Neener, neener, neener. Or shall we say, groovy. <laughs> well, as long as they have uh, PD the Pup, I guess it's all good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So then the other thing, September 19th, 2019, and I I had I heard they were working on this, but I wasn't sure if I was going to get it because on my Xbox 360, I do have like a Sega Genesis collection, Mm -hmm. but this is going to have games that I don't have preloaded with 40 legendary Genesis games, the Sega Genesis Mini. It's about time Sega caught up with Nintendo. Hmm. Let me go through this list here. Echo the Dolphin. Okay. Castlevania Bloodlines, Space mm-hmm. Harrier 2, Shining Force, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, <laughs> Toe Jam and Oral, Comic oh, yeah. Zone, mm-hmm. the original Sonic the Hedgehog, Altered Beast, Gunstar Heroes. Oh, but here's the thing. This is where they go outside of what I have because they got some uh, licensed properties here. Mickey Mouse, Castle Illusion, and of course, World of Illusion with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Bingo. Wow. Got to get it right there. Although I heard they're really, really challenging games, but it, I want to play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thunder Force 3, uh, Super, I Can't Read the Name, Shinobi 3, Streets of Rage. Oh, by the way, Earthworm Jim. 
Mm -hmm. uh, Streets of Rage 2 is to be specific there. Uh, Sonic 2, Contra Hard Corps, Corps or whatever, uh, Landstalker, Beyond Oasis, Ghouls and Ghosts, Alex Kidd and the Enchanted Castle, Golden Axe, Fantasy Star 4, Street Fighter 2, Mega Man, The Wily Wars, Sonic Spinball, Vector Man, Wonder Boy oh. and Monster World, Virtual Fighter 2, Alicia Dragoon, uh, Columns, Dynamite Hitty, I guess it is, uh, Strider, which that's a tough game, but I beat it. Uh, Kid Chameleon, Last Crusader, MW4, uh, Monster World 4, which I think is what they uh, they are like newer versions of that that's out now. Uh, Eternal Champions, Tetris, and Darius. A couple of bonus titles. Some of these have been pre-released, like I said, on the Xbox 360, but a lot of these have not. So I am looking forward to picking one of these bad boys up. All right. So see, you might not have to go and find old cartridges anyway with where your, your, your Genesis you just found. Well, you know, to be honest, my Holy Grail cartridge for the Sega Genesis that I'm going to be keeping an eye out for is Aladdin. Yeah. That and, oh, the X-Men. That X-Men game was great. Pretty and good Spider-Man game, too. And somewhere around here, I've actually got an old Wolverine game by LGN. Oh, Adamantium Rage? I think yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I ever played that one. Which I was never able to beat. <laughs> Yeah, it was tough. Uh, but other announcements, of course, just uh, we're readily running high on time. But uh, the people who made The Witcher 3 have made Cyberpunk 2077, which I'm sure it's going to be a great game, but it's probably going to be really pushing your hard R stuff. But they revealed Keanu Reeves actually plays a character in it, which it's is the year of Keanu. Yeah, it is the year of Keanu Reeves. Uh, also, for I, I played The Secret of Mana. I never finished it, but Trials of Mana... Uh, it's being remade. I guess that was the sequel to it, which also Nintendo Switch has. You can buy the complete Mana collection, which does include some sort of a Final Fantasy game. Mm -hmm. uh, they've also on the Switch, you can buy the Contra collection that has pretty much every Contra game, including arcade games, which I uh, I did pick that up this week because it was cheap, uh, along with Stardew Valley was also cheap and on sale this week. So I have a few more things on the Switch now. Huh. Uh, well, which, what I'm looking forward to that was announced is going to be the remake of Final Fantasy VII. Yes, sir. Mainly because be... they mixed it up a little bit with the combat. Because I, I hate the uh, the turn-based, you know, pick attack thing. They've mixed mm -hmm. it up. Or it's similar to that, but it's very different. I've been watching some gameplay footage. Yeah, yeah. And they're also doing, uh, releasing a remastered version of Final Fantasy VIII. Which I never touched. Because after Final Fantasy VII, I realized, you know, I'm not really into that style of game. I like a <laughs> more of an action role-playing game like Zelda. Well, as long as it's not four different discs, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for Halo fans, a Halo Infinite is coming out. I have no idea what that is. Uh, but, you know, the, let's see, where was the other things that... Uh, there's another Gears of War game coming. Uh, also, Doom Eternal, which, wow, Doom is actually going to come out. This new version of Doom, the ultra-violent version, is coming out on Nintendo Switch, which that's odd. So... <laughs> But, oh my goodness, lots of different things coming out. I'm not going to get into everything coming out that they talked about at E3, but there's, I mean, there's going to be so many new games. Mm -hmm. We'll just put it like that. And uh, I just don't have the money for all the new games. <laughs> we'll just, we'll leave that. There's all the games and I don't have the money. So, but uh, <laughs> we really got to push forward because we did have at least one new trailer that I guess we really better talk about because there's a huge following for this. All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. 
So uh, the audio for this Frozen 2 trailer wouldn't really be that interesting. There wasn't a whole lot of dialogue that translates very well into audio. But I do have a guess on this thing. Because they, they kind of mentioned that there is some sort of other world where there's more magic. And we do see Elsa come across somebody making like a water horse while she's underwater. Mm-hmm. I'm, so starting, I'm starting to suspect that Elsa may be adopted because she's maybe from this other country that's more magic-based. And she's actually from there. And for some sort of reason, uh, her parents – she was given to her parents to – or adopted in there for some sort of reason to maybe keep her safe for such a time as this of whatever is going to happen in this movie, which uh, I mentioned it's pretty vague and – I guess some people took exception to that because <laughs> I'm well, still with it, with it being vague. My, my point on it being vague is a lot of us are thought out or, you know, cause we liked the movie, but the, the buzz over it was so huge that we're like, well, I liked it, but I didn't like it that much. And we got tired of it in order to hook someone like me. I need a little, I need a bit more reason to, to attend it other than you know, I feel like I should do a review for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, that's kind of what my point of saying was kind of vague. Mm-hmm. So I'm really still uninterested. I need something to hook me to really get me interested. Other well, than the fact this, that I just love love. <laughs> this is a uh, second uh, teaser trailer. We still yes. have uh, close to six months before this movie is released. So well, they just called this know, a trailer. They, the first time was yeah. a teaser, and it was a tease. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. This one they flat out called a trailer, though. Well, and it is longer, and it did provide. Yeah. You know more visuals to it, but you know I I'm going to assume we're, we've still got a full fledged story based trailer to come out probably three to four months down the road closer yeah. to the release of the film. You know and they are still they <laughs> and to be honest, I think that this is kind of brilliant strategy because they're not beating us over the head with songs. There were only like maybe two to three shots of uh, of of. Why am I suddenly blanking out on the snowman's name? Olaf. Yeah, there's very little shots of Olaf. Uh, it was more about the magic. It was more about, you know, is this, uh, is it a seasonal magic or is it an elemental magic? You know, and that kind of intrigues me. Um, but I don't think that they need to be giving away the story. I know you feel differently about that. Well, but, I don't want you know, the story, but I, at, want, I want them to put in something that will hook the people who are like me who are really thought out over the whole thing. And I really – personally, I'm not big on a lot of Disney animated sequels. Generally, they used to get released on the video, and I did have a lot of hope for Wreck-It Ralph 2, but I was kind of – yeah, it was okay. I, I, I had high expectations for Wreck-It Ralph 2, and I was really kind of let down. Although I still liked it, I didn't love it, but I, and I wanted to love it. So them making sequels, I'm always – I'm skeptical. And this is a movie that I liked and I didn't love, so I don't know that I would really get into this. But I want them to show me something that's going to hook my attention to get me a, just a little bit of excitement to say, you know what, let me go and check this out. Right now I'm like, eh, go ahead, release it. You'll probably make all your money out of it. No, no biggie. But I want to be interested in it, and they're not doing anything that interests me yet. And I want them to. I want but them to I get think my it's attention. Also, yeah, well, but you also need to account that – you know, they have had Frozen. They've also had a Frozen backlash. So they're not going to release, you know, the big information about it just yet. So, you know, they are trying to do what they can to get interest built up. You know, if you think about the uh, trailers that we had for The Force Awakens, uh, I think the only thing we had there that linked it back to the original trilogy to begin with was that shot of Han and Chewie saying, uh, Chewie, we're home. Yeah. 
you know, it wasn't until, you know, we got a few more trailers into it that we got Luke saying, I have that power. My sister has that power and you have that power, too. Um, but even still, it wasn't until the third trailer that we got much about what the story itself was going to be about. It set it up with the visuals to help remind us of why we were interested in Star Wars, why we love Star Wars. And I think they're even still taking kind of a similar tack. Yeah, we saw it with The Force Awakens, where, again, uh, not much story was inter- uh, provided. And even now with The Rise of Skywalker, um, all we've got are some visuals and a really good cackle at the end. Yeah. The difference being Star Wars gets me interested automatically. Frozen has a fan base, that's for sure. And I'm sure they're super excited. I'm just not one of those fans, so it's not working on me. But are they trying to get you to go see it? I want them to. Well, that's what you want. But I want them to get me interested. Disney wants the the little girls out there who are still singing Let It Go. And they want them to know that Anna and Elsa (laughs) are back. You know, they don't need to reveal their cards. Right. So, I mean, so they have that ad campaign and they can work it that way. But for me, and this is why I say, you know, you don't have to take my word for it. For me, I need something that's going to hook me uh, for me to show any interest. But until then, I have a very valid opinion to be able to say, still not interested. Mm -hmm. I need something to get me interested. Uh, Just as other people can say, you know, this is enough for me, and I'm looking forward to what's to come. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true.